0: Welcome friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. I am starting to feel the holiday excitement. How about you? You know, I'm one of those people who want the holiday season to last as long as possible. From Halloween all the way through the new year, I am down with the holidays. In fact, we put up our first Christmas decorations the first week of November, So we enjoy them all of November, all of December, and then we don't take them down until the middle to the end of January, and so for us, that is three months, nearly three months. We are Christmassy 25% of the year. I don't know why. Uh, I'd like to be a super Christian and say it's because of the birth of Jesus. Like who wouldn't want to celebrate the birth of Jesus for three months, amen? Amen. It's all about Jesus, uh, and it is, but but it's not only about Jesus. I mean, let's be honest there's there's lots of nostalgia and there's all the extra parties, and there's all the seasonal food we don't otherwise bake, and there's the giving and receiving of gifts, and there's the hustle and bustle and it's exciting and it's heartwarming, and it is joyful. It was December seventeenth nineteen oh three when the world-famous Wright brothers finally got their flying machine off the ground. Immediately, excitedly, they telegraphed the following message from Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, to their family back in Ohio. And the message said, we have flown 120 feet. We'll be home for Christmas. Christmas. And their sister Catherine hurried to the editor of the local newspaper and she showed him the message. And the editor glanced and he said, how nice. The boys will be home for Christmas. I thought, that's so me. I mean, something extraordinary could be happening. Even even awful, the world could be falling apart and I would be like, it's Christmas time. No matter what else is happening, I still feel the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. How about you? Do you feel the joy down in your heart? Do you get excited at the Christmas music that starts playing in Target the day after Halloween? Right? Do you feel energized when all the orange and black goes down and up comes the red and green? How do you feel when the Christian radio station goes full on Christmas carols. I get excited about that. Does it warm your heart to put up the Christmas tree? Does it bring back good memories to hang the stockings on the hearth? Who are we kidding? We don't have fireplaces here in Florida. We hang ours on the stairs. But do you get amped up when you're out searching for the perfect gift for your pastor? Do you find tur- uh, comfort in the Thanksgiving turkey and the Christmas ham? Do, do you think of all the football and sing to yourself it's the most wonderful time of the year? Do you look forward to to pausing with your family and praising God? And there's such a huge part of the holidays that, that brings us joy, joy, joy. But 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 then there's another part that makes us take a deep breath, perhaps even a <sighs> long sigh and say, Oh boy, I don't know about this year. I'm not ready. A study done, this was back in 2015, a study done in 2015 revealed that 62% of respondents described their stress levels as somewhat or very elevated during the holidays. There was another study that revealed 45% of Americans, now that's almost half, 45% of Americans would prefer to skip the holidays altogether. 62% get stressed and anxious during the holidays, and and, and 45% would prefer to skip the holidays altogether. And, And by the way, both of these polls were taken before all the political chaos we've experienced these past several years, before COVID, before the new civil rights movement, before The supply chain was disrupted before the economy tanked, before inflation snowballed, before the war in Ukraine, before the gas prices went crazy, before Hurricane Ian, before insurance premiums doubled in price, before the terrorist attacks on Israel and the subsequent war in Israel, before maybe some of you, before you started suffering from depression, before Your marriage started showing signs of trouble before perhaps one of your closest friends or loved ones passed away, before your kids left the nest, before feeling joy got so hard. I think these polls have taken, again, they would show even higher levels of stress and and even higher numbers of people who would prefer to skip the holidays altogether. And so for some people, like me, the holidays are like good medicine. But for others, and perhaps we should be sensitive to this, for others the holidays feel like they're going to crush you. There's a proverb in the Bible that says, A cheerful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. That's Proverbs 17:22. It's one of our key verses for this sermon series that we're kicking off today called Joy, Joy, Oh Boy. And in this series what we're going to do is we're going to work our way through the book of Proverbs and we want to discover any wisdom available to help us navigate this holiday season as healthy as possible. And the book of Proverbs, it's a book in the Old Testament of your Bible. And you've got to remember, as we talk about the Bible, we have to remember, we think of the Bible as a book, but the Bible is not actually a book. The Bible is a library. The Bible is a collection of books, and and not just a collection of books, but a collection of of different kinds of books. Just like a library today, there are different literary genres in the Bible. I mean, think about it. The Bible contains some books that are history, and because they're history, they should be read as history, and something we discover when we read the history books in the Bible, we compare them to other historical studies. They're, They're extraordinarily accurate. You can trust them. But the Bible doesn't just contain history. The Bible contains some books that are poetry, and the books of poetry should be read as poetry. Poetry shouldn't be read as history. Poetry shouldn't be read as theology. Poetry should be read as poetry. And then some of the books in the Bible are in a genre called prophecy, and and the prophetic books reveal how God works behind the scenes of history, past, present, and future, to accomplish his purposes. Prophetic books, they're, they're pretty hard to understand. And then some of the books of the Bible, they're actually letters. They're, They're correspondence written to specific people. And the letters contain teachings about God and Jesus and the world and life and culture. And most are extremely helpful in showing us how to live out our faith on a daily basis. And so there are all kinds of different books in, in this library we call the Bible. But then there are, are, are two bigger, two more general sections of the Bible. We traditionally call them the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, and the Old Testament contains the Jewish scriptures. And the New Testament contains the Christian scriptures. And these are two entirely different sections of scripture. But in 2 Timothy 3.16, the Apostle Paul said this. He said, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. And so whether it's the Jewish Scriptures or the Christian Scriptures, whether it's history or poetry or prophecy or, or maybe what was just handwritten correspondence, we need all of it. It's all useful for helping us live out our faith and for helping us better follow Jesus. But then there's still another genre in the Bible, and it's called wisdom literature. And the books of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament are wisdom literature, and some Bible scholars think the book of James in the New Testament is wisdom literature as well. And the truth is, we all need these books of wisdom. Wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And so what we're doing in this series is we're asking God for the wisdom necessary to navigate the holiday season as healthy as possible, which brings us to our big idea, and this is for the whole series, seek wisdom. God's wisdom. This is my challenge to you. Seek God's wisdom during this season so that you can rejoice over the holidays rather than regret them. Seek God's wisdom during the holiday season so you can rejoice, not regret. We want to rejoice over the holidays. We don't want to regret them. So seek God's wisdom. Now, some of you might be wondering, well, what what is wisdom exactly? Like, how would we define wisdom? I I remember having a a conversation with my uncle Dwayne, and I was a boy. I might have been, I don't know, 10 years old. My uncle was my mom's younger brother, and he was telling me how wise my dad was. And he was really emphatic about it. And I and I still remember it to this day. And I, I don't actually remember what was happening. Maybe I was grumbling about something, probably complaining about something my dad wanted me to do. But my uncle was like, Matt, you know your dad is so wise. And when he said that, I think I remember it because I beamed with pride, even though I really had no idea what he meant. <clears throat> and then my uncle said something like this: He said, <clears throat> He said, your dad always knows what to do. And, and I grew to realize that was so true. My dad just had a discerning spirit, and, and then he had all this great experience, and he gave great advice. And it seems like no matter what was happening, he always knew what to do. What is that? That's, that's wisdom. One modern dictionary defines it like this. Wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment in the Bible there are two kinds of wisdom one kind of wisdom includes insight into the true nature of things and and the other kind of wisdom is the ability to discern the connection between actions and results and those are all really good definitions but I have a simpler definition that I want to share with you that I want to use for this series and that is wisdom is very simply what normally works best that's what wisdom is, what normally works best. Wisdom isn't what always works, and, and wisdom isn't a promise. Wisdom, in its most basic definition, is what normally works best. Let me just give you a, an illustration, an example to, to, to support what I'm sharing here. Proverbs 22.6 says, start children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Now, the question is, is that what always works? No. That's what normally works. It's not one of God's promises for your life. God's promises are irrevocable. God always does what he promises to do. This is wisdom from God, not a promise from God. And of course, we all know there there are well-meaning parents who did everything they knew how to do and they followed all the best parenting advice and they trained up their children in the way they should go only to see their children turn away as adults. But more often than not, If you train up your children in the way they should go when they are old, they will not turn from it. Wisdom isn't what's always true. Wisdom is what's normally true and what normally works best. And with that definition in mind, we're going to spend the weeks leading up to Christmas, reading through the book of Proverbs, looking for wisdom inspired by God and written by wise men on how to navigate the holiday season best and as I've made my way through the Proverbs there are four things that keep popping up as things we tend to struggle with during the holidays including God's wisdom on how to best navigate those things and the four things I noticed are these overspending overindulging Overreacting and overcommitting. And I wonder how many of you just felt a little bit of tension in your chest when I said we tend to overspend, overindulge, overreact, and overcommit during the holidays. What I want to do today, just real quickly, I want to do a brief overview of these four things because these are the areas we're going to dive deeply into over the next month here at First Christian Church. And we're just going to start with the one that we all love to talk about so much in church, and that is money. We love that, right? Say, no, we don't like it at all. And one of the main reasons we don't like talking about money is because we all struggle with it. And it's something we especially struggle with during the holidays. And so if you're taking notes today, you might write this down as number one. During the holidays, we often overspend. During the holidays, we often overspend. Earlier, I mentioned the poll that said 45% of people said they'd rather skip the holidays altogether. Now, what I didn't tell you is the number one cause respondents listed as the primary reason they wanted to skip the holidays was money. And yes, there are other things listed like grief over not being with the people you love or the stress of trying to create the perfect holiday experience for your family, even the fear of getting into a divisive conversation with a family member about Politics and all those sorts of things that were listed in the studies as reasons we might want to skip the holidays, but the number one reason people want to skip the holidays is because of money. Because sadly, during the holidays, we all too often overspend. Now, do you know what one of the biggest issues tackled in the book of Proverbs is? money? Did you also know that money was one of the things Jesus talked about most during his three-year ministry? Now, money is something some churches talk about a lot and give the rest of us a bad name. But it's also something most churches avoid altogether. But Jesus didn't avoid the topic of money. And the book of Proverbs repeatedly addresses money and spending and money management. For instance, Proverbs 22, seven tells us to be careful not to borrow money to buy things we cannot afford. It says the borrower is slave to the lender. Further, Proverbs 21.20 tells us it's foolish to spend everything we have. The book of Proverbs has lots of wisdom to share about overspending and about generosity and about the best ways to give and to receive, and I just hope you will highlight some of those things as you read through the book of Proverbs over the next month. So during the holidays, we often overspend. That's number one. Here's number two. During the holidays, we often overindulge. Now, how many of you would be willing to publicly agree that you consume more during the holidays than normal? Right? That's a lot of hands that just went up. And it's probably not just food. Probably eat a little more than normal. Probably drink a little more than normal. Probably go to parties with all of the above a little more than normal. I read some research last week that says Americans on average, I found this interesting, on average gain one or two pounds every year throughout their adult life. Over 10 years, if you're average, you're gaining 10 to 20 pounds. Over 20 years, if you're average, you're gaining 20 to 40 pounds. Now here's the kicker, and this is why it applies here, and I found this really interesting. It's almost always gained over the holiday season. In fact, most Americans gain 5 to 10 pounds over Christmas and then lose all but one or two of those pounds in the new year. But we almost never lose all of it. So over Christmas, this is what's typical. We typically gain 5 to 10 pounds in the months after. We typically lose 4 to 8 pounds. But over time, that amounts to 1 to 2 pounds of new weight gained every year, almost all of it coming during the holidays. Proverbs 21, 17 says, Whoever loves pleasure will become poor. Whoever loves wine and olive oil will never be rich. That sounds like another proverb on money, but it's also about overindulging. And the book of Proverbs has lots of wisdom to share about overindulging, and I just hope you will highlight some of those things as you read through the Proverbs over the next month, because the truth is we often overindulge during the holidays. Number three, during the holidays, we often overreact. I mean, things we normally let slide, things that normally don't bother us bother us more during the holidays. And, of course, we talk about joy and peace and hope during the holidays, but what we often experience is different. In fact, mental health struggles statistically skyrocket during the holidays. According to the National Alliance on Mental Health, 24% of adults diagnosed with a mental illness say their condition is a lot worse during the holidays. Another 40% experience somewhat worsening symptoms. Some wisdom to consider as we head into Christmas. Proverbs 10.12 says, Love covers over all wrongs. Proverbs 12.20 says, those who promote peace have joy. Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh one stirs up anger. The book of Proverbs has a lot of wisdom to share about overreacting, and I hope you'll highlight some of those things as you read through the Proverbs, because the truth is we've all been guilty of overreacting under the extra stress. So during the holidays, we often overreact. And then this is number four during the holidays, we often overcommit. So let's just talk about overcommitting for a second. Or maybe I'll just share my last week with you. Last weekend, we had our 100 year anniversary celebration here at First Christian Church, and it was awesome. Amen. It was incredible. Such a great weekend. We had a concert on Friday night, and, and then I attended a party Saturday night with some of the former staff of FCC, and, and then we had Sunday morning services, we had a picnic lunch on the lawn, and, and that's a lot. I mean, that's a busy weekend, but it was awesome, it was worth it. Then this past Thursday, we attended a big party to support a local charity, and then last night, we attended another big party with lots of good friends, and I was out late last night, and I'm a little bit tired this morning. Of course, next week is Thanksgiving, and it's going to be amazing, and then the week after that, and in addition to all the normal stuff, we have a staff Christmas party, and that's in addition to our son, Jake, making his high school basketball team, and so he's got daily practices we've got to get him to, and weekly games, and we haven't even started Christmas shopping yet, and, and I've got to tell you, I, I feel like my head already is barely above water. And things are just ramping up, and and they're fun, and they're exciting, and I love them, but they wear me out. Anybody with me? I probably need to learn to say no more often, but I don't want to miss anything. I got FOMO. So I overcommit. Do you know how I feel? Can you relate? What does God's wisdom from the Proverbs say about that? Well, there are some great things we learn in the Proverbs about overcommitting, but the one I want to share, and one really it applies to all of the above struggles, all the struggles we face during the holiday season is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Here's what it says. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own wisdom, your own understanding, but in all your ways, even your holiday ways. Submit to him. Yield to him. Acknowledge him. Follow him. And he will make your paths straight. And so in this series, we're, we're gonna discover God's wisdom from the Proverbs on how not to overspend and overindulge and overreact and overcommit. And our challenge will be Will we listen? Will we apply it to our lives? Will we be wise in the coming days, in the coming weeks? Because these coming days, these coming weeks, they can be a season of joy or a season of stress. It it can be a season of frantic activity or it can be a season of rest. These holidays, they can bring out the worst in us, or they can bring out the best. We can feel overwhelmed by them, or we can feel blessed. Janice and I, we have, have lots of good reasons to look forward to the holidays, but we also have some reasons that they're hard. And we have some reasons to grieve. It was 18 years ago this week. Janice and I, along with a four-year-old, Drew, and a one-year-old, Nathan traveled across the state of Missouri to see her family. It was the week of Thanksgiving, and we were the first to arrive. We got there on Monday night. Janice's four siblings and all their children, they would trickle into Poplar Bluff, Missouri over the next few days so that we could celebrate the holiday together, and we got there late. It's about 9 o'clock on Monday night, and as we're carrying our luggage into the house, her mom and dad, they start heading out of the house, and we said, hey, guys, it's great to see you. What, what are you doing? Why are you leaving? And they said, well, we're going to the hospital. And Janice's mom just wasn't feeling great, and they wanted to get her better before everybody arrived. So they just take her to the emergency room, figure it out, and come home. And we still don't know for sure what happened, uh, but she did not come home. In fact, she passed away within 48 hours. She died the day before Thanksgiving, 2005. And what should have been a gathering for Thanksgiving became a gathering for a funeral And then, somehow, two years later, same thing. The day before Thanksgiving, 2007, my mom passed away too. In what may be my favorite holiday, filled with family and faith and friends and food and football, changed forever it is a time of joy for us but sadness too and that's okay psalm 34:18 says this it says the lord is near to the brokenhearted this poetic verse warms my soul and it revives my spirit and in all the joy and all the fun and all the hustle and bustle of the holidays God is with us and also in the stress and the struggle and the grief when we are heartbroken even then the Lord is near and really that is the message of Christmas old testament the prophet said that the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel and that's a name for Jesus and it's a Hebrew word that means God is with us And so we're going to be reminded of all those things over the next month, and we're going to discover lots of wonderful wisdom from God on how to navigate the holiday season in the healthiest ways possible so that we can truly rejoice in them and not regret them. And that brings us to our takeaway for today. Here it is, and then we're done. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you in your daily time with God. Read one chapter of the Proverbs every day for the next 31 days. There's 31 chapters, 31 days, one month in the Proverbs, one chapter every day, and just take a highlighter and highlight the wisdom that will help you navigate this season successfully. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being near to us always. On the ordinary days and the extraordinary days, On the mountains and in the valleys, in our smiles and in our stress, in our laughter and in our rest, help us to feel the joy, 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 joy down in our hearts. And we know we can because of the one we celebrate, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.